Hidden with Christ is the title, and uh, I want to begin by considering just a few things about baptism here. We've got some, uh, so, some nice, warm Ferndale water uh, all stacked up here in our baptistry. Thankfully, no leaks on the floor yet, and uh, why, like, why do we do this? What is this all about? Especially if you're visiting, you may be like, what is the deal with this baptism? These people need, need more showers or, you know... The, now, here's what it is. Believer's baptism is what we practice here. We believe that is what is called for in the Scriptures. We don't baptize infants. We don't baptize those who have not embraced Christ as Lord and Savior, treasure, hope alone. Um, we do baptize those who have. Okay, So the, 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 the clarity that I want you to know on this service from the beginning is no one is being saved in this tank today. That's not what's happening here. That would be a work of salvation, and we know the gospel is clear. We cannot earn. We cannot do anything to accomplish our own salvation. We receive a work that is finished, and that work is all the work of Jesus. So believer's baptism, then, is something of a a reenactment of what God has done to save these 10 individuals. And as we witness their reenactment, as it were, of the gospel, we too who believe rejoice and say, yes, I believe that too. He died for me. And we celebrate together what God is doing, what God has done, and what God will do. So four things specifically in view as we celebrate union with Christ. So uh, baptism in many ways is an expression of of a faith-placed union. I am united with Christ in these different ways, okay? So as I shared with folks who were preparing for baptism, I encourage them, consider this. Now, you are united with Christ by faith in his obedience. Think of this. Every single time that Jesus obeyed his Father, when we disobeyed, that obedience of his becomes ours by faith. We are disobedient. We are the rebels. We are those who, who, who rail against God the Father. We don't care about His law. We trespass it. We, we don't care about His glory. We claim it for our own. We are the haters of God, with the sinners. And I just wanted, as I met with folks this past couple weeks, I wanted them to hear that loud and clear. That's not proclaimed enough in this county. We don't deserve to be saved. What, what do we deserve? We deserve the fires of hell because we have stored up wrath by sinning against God. So every time Jesus obeyed by faith, that obedience is transferred to me the moment of my salvation. That's amazing. It's the great exchange. My sin is placed upon him. His righteousness is then imputed to me, transferred into my account. It's not just a zero balance. It's the $10 million infusion of obedience into my account. We are also united by faith in his atoning death. So what we're saying as those are, who are baptized are laid back under the water, they're staring at the cross as they go down and, and they're saying, listen, when Jesus died, he died for me. He died for me. I believe that his death was not just to save some people. His death was to save me. And by faith, I join him in that death, trusting him. We also are united by faith in his glorious resurrection, which is why we don't leave people under the water. 
right? I had a young guy one time in Michigan say, Pastor, I, I want you to leave me under the water. I want to say a prayer, right? I said, say a prayer while I'm underwater. Well, uh, I reluctantly agreed. I said, make it short. But, no, <laughs> right? No one else knew, right? So I'm holding the guy down, and they're all like, what are you doing? And, uh, and so I just pulled him up anyway. And we have a Savior who is not six feet down. Think of every other world religion. Who can say that? They're all dead. You can't have a Messiah who's dead. Jesus rose. He rose because death had no hold on him. There was no sin in his life. He is the victor. There's no claim on an innocent man when it comes to death. He paid for our sins. He died the death that we deserve, and after three days he rose. And by faith, that's what we're saying. His victory is my victory. Which means, I don't fear death. I'm not afraid to die. Because I have life in Jesus that death cannot touch. Oh, what peace that brings. The fourth was emphasized as I studied this week, and I just wanted to add this because I think this is very significant. We are also united by faith with Christ in His sovereign reign. He is seated at the right hand. Okay, right hand. The right hand of the Father, the, the, the power side, as it were, the, the, the side of power. What does it mean that he's seated? He's seated because his work is finished. There's nothing else that needs to be done. And it says that we are seated with him by faith. All of this by faith. So he is sovereign. He is reigning. He is ruling. He is the king. And we are in his kingdom by faith. None of this is our accomplishment. None of this is deserved. This is what we celebrate in the waters of baptism as we come today. Now, what I'd like to do is allow these two verses from Colossians 3, verse 3 and 4, to build out some of these realities as we consider this. And then the testimonies of those who come are just going to crescendo the joy of the gospel as it's met them in the power of God. So, let's start with uh, verse 3a. There's four statements I'm breaking apart, okay? In your sermon notes on the back of the bulletin, you can track this along. The first is this, very short, I died. Okay, so every Christian in this place, everyone who's a believer, can join Paul and, and, and know this, I died. Okay, well, what does that mean? Listen to how it reads, verses 1 and 2, for context I threw in. If then you have been raised with Christ, believer you have, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died. Now, obviously, he's not talking about physical death, right? He's writing to believers. And so he's saying, there was a point in your life before Christ where you used to live for the for the world, the things of the world. It was down here that your focus was uh, uh, directed and, and your heart was there. It was all about the things, right? So fill in the blank. All the idolatries of the world. Sex, drugs, money, fame, advancement, self-exaltation, uh, experience, all the different things. That, that we would live for, that was what we used to live for, but then Christ came and changed all of that. 
He set us free from the things of this world, and we're called now to direct our attention up to where He is, because that is the focal point of the Christian life. For you have died. Died to what? Well, I think these, these will express it. The moment I was saved by faith in Jesus, I died to sin. I died to sin. I died to the old me. The, the B.C. Jeremy, the before Christ Jeremy, is dead and gone. I died to the world. I, I don't live for the, the, the pleasure or the, or to please man, right? I'm not, I'm not living to try to make everyone happy down here any, any longer. I'm not trying to get approval. I'm not trying to get um, uh, the, you know, everyone's uh, applause anymore, the glory of man. That's not why we, why we live. We live for the things that are above, where Christ is. We live for God. We live for the glory of Christ. We live for what lasts, what is true and meaningful. The moment that you were saved, Christian, sin's penalty was completely erased in your life. The wrath was paid in full. Whose wrath? I enjoyed asking those who were coming to baptism uh, today, you know, why did you need to be saved? Saved from who? And, and sometimes they were like, what? Why did you say it like that? Well, that, that's the point. We need to be saved from the wrath of an almighty and holy God. Not saved from Lucifer. He's a, a, a I mean, yeah, he's, a, he's a, like a chihuahua on a leash, right? He's, yeah, he can, he'll bite you. But the one who is the most fearsome, far and above anyone else, is the God who is holy, holy, holy. He is the one we have sinned against. We needed to be saved from the wrath of God and in Jesus, by the love of God set forth in His Son, He made a way for sinners like you and me to be saved from His wrath. What a gift that is. Wrath is paid in full. Death is defeated. So sin's penalty is not of concern anymore. We're not, we're not worried about the fires of hell. We are. We, we died to that. It's gone. We also experienced the shattering of the power of sin. Once we could only sin, believe it or not. Before Christ, we could only sin. There was nothing in us that was able to truly, in a God-glorifying way, honor and obey God. Now, we've been set free. We're not slaves to sin any longer. We've been set free to obey. Now, we can still sin, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're tempted to sin all the time, but we are free to obey. So we have a choice now. We have a choice that is empowered by God through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now we can say, no longer am I compelled to sin in the sense that I don't want anything but sin. Now I can say to these two options, I don't want that sin. I want to please you, God. Help me to obey. Give me the power to, to obey you. It's there. The power of God to obey has been granted to us. Now the presence of sin, well, it's still around, right? The world, the flesh, the devil, the system of sin the tempter, and the echo of the old me, it still wants to crawl out of the grave and drag me back into patterns of sin like I used to live. No, it's, it's battle on. Let's go to war. We go to war with the sin in our life, and we, we fight the good fight until he returns. Someday when he comes, 
the battle will be finished and sin will be a distant memory. It's one of the greatest joys of our anticipation. Someday, all of the fight will be done. Will be done. So I died. I died to sin. I died to the old me. I died to the things that I used to live for on this earth. And now, there's something else that's taking place. Listen to these verses. Romans 6, 6 and 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing or rendered powerless so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Listen to Paul. For one who has died has been set free from sin. The curse of sin is death, and Jesus took it for us. So we have been released from the power of sin in his victory. Far be it from me, Paul says in Galatians 6.14, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You see the death he's speaking of? He just builds this out in these other uh, references here. So, let's go on to 3B. On on your sermon notes, it says 3A again. It's supposed to be 3B. So, number one, I died. Because Christ saved me, I died. I died to sin. Secondly, I am now hidden with Christ in God. What awesome wording this is. What awesome imagery here this is for us. I am now hidden with Christ in God. Here's how it reads. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean that we are hidden with Christ in God? Listen to some other verses that build this out. This is Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, that is the Father, not will have, but has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed. He has passed. This is, this is, it's finished, it's done, it's already complete. He's passed from death to life. Therefore, there is now, note that, the word now is significant. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's the word, there's the whole concept in the New Testament of being in Christ. We are in Him by faith. We are in Him. In that sense, we are hidden with Christ in God. So, good news, Christian. When you are hidden with Christ, it means that I am His. I I am forgiven. I I fear no wrath. I dwell secure in Christ. I am robed in His righteousness. Think of the change. This is the confidence that the Christian can have as we wake up in the morning. I am forever His. There is no sin in my life that was missed in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. He paid it all. I am His. I'm robed in His righteousness. I I brought this little guy to to, to try to demonstrate this. This is one of Gracie's uh, drawing model dudes. Now, why do I have this guy in a jar? Well, Christian, this is you. Okay, this is you. When the Father looks at you, He sees you but he sees you through the righteousness of his son, Jesus. Okay? He sees you. You. But when he looks at you, he sees you not just as forgiven, but as righteous. 
as righteous as His Son, Jesus. This is what the Father sees when He sees you. He looks at you and He sees and He smiles and He rejoices. This is the accomplishment of Jesus, right? We are, we are not just forgiven. We, it's not that just that we have a zero balance and that we fear no wrath. It's that the Father delights in us as He delights in His own Son in all of His obedience. You say, well, I don't deserve that. Exactly. Exactly. None of us do. Positionally righteous. We are righteous. Now, we know that on a day-to-day basis, we are progressing in righteousness, right? So we are not as righteous as we positionally are on the day-to-day, but boy, we aim to become who we already are in Christ, right? We want to obey Him. We want to please Him. We want to be who we are already in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So think of this. I died. The old me is a dead man. He's he's not who defines me. The the most defining reality of my life is not sin. Not anymore. The most defining reality of my life, the very deepest thing that is true about me is what? The righteousness of Christ. That is an identity bestowing joy and reality. I'm a new creation. I'm not who I was. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ by grace. That means not that we deserved it. It was all His initiative, all of Him. By grace you have been saved. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Here it is. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, hidden, as it were, with Him. Hidden with Him. We sit like on the knee of our Savior next to the throne of God the Almighty. There is a safety and security that nothing can can affect or endanger. Hmm. I am loved. I'm His child. Think of of a dad says to his son, come, daughter, come, sit on my knee. Sit on my knee. It's safe. Come. Come into my presence. Tell me what you need. Are you hurting? Come to me. Talk to me. You're hidden with me. It's safe. Hmm. A new creation. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. All of this is true. Because of God, not because of me, not because of you, it's because of God. His accomplishments, our benefit. So it's right that we conclude, as Paul concluded in Romans 8, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, well, who can be against us? To be hidden in Christ, think of this. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? It is God. Uh, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Satan? Is he going to? Well, he's going to try, but guess what? He has nothing on you, Christian. He has nothing on you because everything that he would attempt to accuse you of has been paid in 
full. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than not, the one who was raised. This is what we celebrate in baptism. Who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Think of this, Christian. He is praying and interceding for you today. Jesus himself, the King, cares about you like that. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You're hidden with him. There's no threat. There's no cause for worry or concern. You're his. Now, statement number three. Jesus Christ is my life. Note this. Look at how this reads. For you have died, Christian, and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is your life. Now, he says this like almost in passing. It's significant. He's not just saying that you have life because of Christ. That's also true. He's saying that today, okay, So we go, past tense, I died. Present tense, I am hidden. Also present tense, when Christ who is today, is today your life, he's your life. Let's just consider what that means. It means that the Christian life must be a Christ-centered life. To live as a Christian is not to to, to wander around and, and, and be aimless, It's not to continue pursuing the things that we always loved before Christ. It is to say, I'm his. I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. I want to glorify him. I want to obey him. I want to to please him. You are my life. I, I want to be that guy in the room that can't stop talking about Jesus. That's the Christian It's like, he is everything to me. I want the world to know. I want you to know him in this way. Oh, the Christian life is a Christ-centered life. Listen to these verses. Colossians 1 and 2, let me revisit where we started. If then you've been raised with Christ, believer, then seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind there on the things above. Not on the things on the earth, right? We don't live for a, a sinking ship. It's, it's fading. It's passing. We live in the world, but we're not of the world anymore. We're new creations. And our focal point is Christ. Our life is Christ. Paul said, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. And fear death. Every day I wake up, I have a mission. What is that mission? Christ. That's my mission. Know him more. Love him more. Obey him more fully. Delight in him more truly and accurately as I read his word. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ by faith. See how it connects. I have been. I died. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith where? What's, what's the focal point? I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He died for me. I owe him everything. My days, my career, my joy, my hobbies, my parenting, my husbanding. Is that a word? I keep making up words in the pulpit. It's dangerous. As a grandpa, Everything I do, everything I think, my business, right? When people applaud, 
when people jeer, and everything in between. Christ. Christ. He is my life. Hebrews 12, 1b through 2a, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Set it aside. Lay it aside. Kick it off. The sin which so clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we run? Remember Eric Little? Remember how he had the weirdest looking run, man? That dude would tip his head back like this. And I just can't help but see him when I read this verse, looking to Jesus. I don't know how he didn't trip. He was looking up like this with his head back and looking to Jesus. That's the race we're called to run. It has a focal point. His name is Jesus. He is the founder and finisher or perfecter of our faith. Don't forget, Jesus himself said this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep my commandments. Love for God is attached to obedience, joyful uh, submission and, and, and pursuit of obedience to our King, King Jesus. So let's finish with this one, 4B, the fourth statement. I will, this is a confident statement, I will appear with Him in glory. I will. It's, it's coming. It's just a matter of time. I will appear with Him, the King, in glory. Let's see how it reads. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, believer, will also appear with Him in glory. There is coming a day when the King will return, and He will come back with the full veil removed. The first arrival was a quiet arrival, a humble servant, born hardly anybody knew. The, the shepherds were invited to celebrate it. The, 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 the nobodies of the day were invited. But beyond that, very few people even knew He was born. That's not how He's coming back. He's going to rip the heavens open and roll them back like a scroll. The trumpet's going to sound, and every eye will see him. And in that moment, where are you going to be? Cowering in dread under his righteous wrath or riding arrayed in white on white horses with him, appearing with him in glory, that day is coming. And by His grace and through confident belief in His promises, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Christian, so are you. Justification is a past tense. We have been justified in that sense. It happened. It's a once-in-a-lifetime moment. It happens like that. Right? You are saved. This is the work of God completely. It is a monergistic work, not synergistic. We don't participate in some and God does some. Or we don't meet Him halfway and, and jump up out of our dead estate and grab the rope. No, He reaches down. He sees us dead, lifeless, like Lazarus in the grave. And He says, come forth, be saved. And we see Christ. And all of a sudden, we're stirred in repentance and faith to embrace Him and love Him. We are saved like that. Now, oftentimes when we're saved, we don't experience it like that, but that is the reality. As you study the Word, you realize that's what God did for you in that moment. We are then, in present tense, being sanctified, made holy, 
obeying Him, delighting in Him, treasuring Him, clinging to Him, persevering in our faith, trusting Him, come what may. And future tense, there is coming a day where we will be glorified. It is certain and sure. This is a category that we live in, 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 in motivation for, right? When things are hard in this earth, when we struggle, when our bodies are falling apart, be encouraged, Christian, this is not all there is. There will be a day with no more fear, right? Oh, that song just rings out. No more pain. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Beloved, 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, we are God's children now. It's already true. We are His children now, but what we will be has not yet appeared. There's the same word, but we will know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. This is glorification. One of the purposes of mankind from the very beginning was to reflect the glory of God accurately. Accurately. Adam and Eve were created and there was no sin in this world, and their reflection of God was right and good. It was very good. But sin shattered that reflection. In Christ, the mirror is put back together and made whole, but it's not yet a true reflection. Someday, it will be perfect. A flawless reflection of His infinite glory, our glorification we will fulfill the purpose for which we were created forever on a new heaven and new earth. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is true of you, Christian, today. The kingdom of God is advancing today. Just think around the world, millions of people have heard the gospel and embraced King Jesus as their own. They have turn from their sin. They have bent their knee in joyful submission to Him and said, lead on, Savior and Lord. I'm yours. How about you? Is that what defines your life? Is that true of you today? Do you have a king whose name is Jesus? Are you confidently part of this kingdom that He is building? Our response this morning just think about these statements and just ask yourself, can you say this with total confidence? Is this true of you? Is this a, an absolute confidence of your life? I have died to sin. I am now hidden with Christ in God. That's true. I am sure of it. He is my Savior. Third, Jesus Christ is my life. I don't doubt it at all. He is my life. I live for Him. Number four, I will appear with him in glory. I don't fear any wrath because I am trusting the full atonement that Jesus has accomplished for me. Can you say that today? I just, just long for every single person in this room to be confident in, in, in that right there. How can you say that with confidence? Well, not because of us. Just, there's nothing we can do. All the world religions, it's all about work, earn, try to be good enough, try to measure up. That'll never happen. It'll never work. Listen to what Jesus said in John 6. 
It's so simple. It's, it's so amazingly simple that so many people just get stuck. Well, it can't be that easy. It's straightforward. The gospel is so simple. Listen to this. Jesus himself says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Do you hear the connection? It is eternal life. It is sure and certain. Today you have it. If you have embraced King Jesus as your Savior and Lord, turned from your sin, trusted Him, it's yours today. And your future is inseparable from your present reality. He's coming and He will raise you up in glory. So, embrace Him today. Embrace Him. I want to pray. And if you're here in this room and you've already done this, I want you to celebrate the realities of the gospel that you believe. And if you're here and you have yet to embrace King Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then then pray along with me, okay? Let's pray. Oh God, we celebrate your goodness and grace to undeserving sinners like us. We thank you for the way you've loved us. We we, we thank you, Jesus, for your obedience, for your, your willing, atoning death that you laid your life down to pay for our sins, that you were buried and then that you, raised, you were raised in power and victory. We celebrate that. We thank you that you're seated, your work is done, and that you hold your arms open and you call for any who would believe, come, come and have life. If you're here today and you have never embraced Jesus as your King, your Lord, your Savior, your treasure, your hope alone in this life and the next, you might say words like this, Lord Jesus, I confess I am a sinner. I have sinned against you and I deserve your wrath. I do believe that you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ. Out of love, you have sent Him to to live the life I have not lived, a life of obedience. I believe that. I believe that Jesus then laid his life down and died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that. I believe that after three days he rose in victory and triumph for me to, to, to offer forgiveness and life and joy to me. I believe that. I believe that he is seated at your right hand, O oh Father, and that there is life and forgiveness in him. Oh God, save me today. I repent of my sins. I turn away from it. I, I turn to you. Be my Savior, Jesus. Be my King. Sit on the throne of my life. Hold me. Grant eternal life to me, I pray. And someday raise me up when you return. All that I pray, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Declan Groon and his dad, Cam. All right. Tell me how it is. He tested it out before, just to make sure. It is a special thing to see you uh, wanting to be baptized today, man. You've got to... I've enjoyed watching both Lincoln and Declan grow up over the years, and this is a big day for Declan. So just turn and face these folks. Your dad's going to read your testimony to them.
Declan's testimony. On October 30th, 2019, I became a Christian when I was five years old. My mom was talking to me about how my decision to disobey her that night was actually my sin against my parents and against God. After I had finished getting ready for bed, I came to my mom with tears in my eyes and I, to tell her I was sorry for my sin. She shared the gospel with me, starting with the bad news that we are all sinners and that we all deserve hell. But the good news is that Jesus died on the cross in my place, even though he wasn't guilty because he never sinned. He was buried for three days and he rose back to life. I asked my mom lots of questions and I told her I believed and I wanted to pray, <clears throat> to pray and ask Jesus to save me. I decided that night to trust in Jesus and follow him. I want to be baptized to show others that I am a Christian. It's a picture of how Jesus died for me and rose back to life and how my old self has died and I am made new. My favorite Bible verse is Psalm 139.14. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Amen. That's a great verse. That reminds me of a VBS we just did, huh? That is a special thing that God has accomplished. I can take that. Declan, we are celebrating with you about what God has done. And uh, uh, are you ready to do this, man? You ready? You look like you're ready. Okay. Cam, come over. Go ahead and have a seat right here, Declan. Okay. I'm going to ask you just one question. It's kind of a long question, but just ask you one more time. Declan, have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes, okay, good. On the basis of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Jesus in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. All right. Yeah. Mark, come on out, brother. This is Mark Thomas. And Connie, if you want to come up and watch your husband be baptized, you can stand over here. Come on in, brother. Mark and Connie both desire to be baptized today uh, to proclaim what the Lord has done in their life. And uh, let me read what you, or, or give you this, and I'll, I'll hold the mic for you here. All right, share with them, brother. Hi, church. Before meeting Jesus as my Savior and Lord, I was centered on good works. I was trying to live my life without putting my faith in Jesus. I needed to be saved from my pride. I am, I am being baptized today because I have embraced God's gift of salvation in Jesus. I am trusting in him. I believe he died for me, paying for all my sins, past, present, and future. Today I am forgiven and alive in Christ forever. I want everyone to know that he saved me and he will save all who trust in him. Paul wrote in Romans uh, chapter 6, verses 3, 4, and 5, do you, know, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, 
we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Man, that sounds like a sermon I just heard. <laughs> Perfect verses. Great testimony. So excited to see the Lord working in Mark's life. Sure, yeah. Okay, go ahead and have a seat there, Mark. Okay, slide up a little bit. All right, I always like how when you're about to be baptized, you're, you're able to look right at the cross. I think that's a special thing the Lord gave us in the layout here. So, Mark, I want to ask you one more question here. Have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord, Savior, treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? I have, and, I, and he is. Okay, amen. On the basis of your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Jesus in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. All right. Praise God, brother. Awesome. Well, Connie put some words together as well here, and she's going to share this. I'll hold the, uh, the mic for you. I'm being baptized today because Jesus has given me such an unimaginable gift. I've explored many different paths, teachers, books, and churches, but never felt like they were the right path. I first heard about Jesus as a child in Sunday school, but I put him on the shelf as one of many paths, a choice away. God graciously drew me away from the Eastern teachers, pop culture, and self-help ideas and into a Christian church. But only now, with actual Bible preaching, do I feel like I have come to the heart of the matter. Jesus is not just a way. He is the only way to the Father. Jesus faced sin, yet he led a perfect life. He was crucified so that I could be saved from sin and hell. He conquered death and rose again. I want everyone to know that he saved me, and I am living for him. I'm enjoying the Bible and a deeper personal walk with him, and I am eternally grateful. My favorite verses here are 1 Peter. Christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Amen. That's a very powerful testimony that God has given Connie. And uh, just would encourage you to talk more with her. If you have been seeking all of the world religions, different paths and ideas. Jesus is the way, and what a special gift he's given you to know that for sure and uh, to be in him. Why don't you have a seat, and I'll baptize you here. Okay. Connie, I want to ask you the question one more time. Have you trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, Lord, and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes, he is. Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, 
and raised to new life in him. <laughs> good, that's good. This is Jana Lloyd, and uh, God has just been doing incredible work in her life, and she's got a special testimony that she wants to share with y'all, or I'm going to share it, right? Okay. All right, I'll do that. Hey, I don't need a mic. I've already got one. Okay. Jana says this, I'm being baptized today to reaffirm my commitment to Jesus and to erase all doubts in my mind regarding if, whether I was uh, baptized as a youth. Um, she's remembering back and, and wasn't clear, for 100% clear if she had been baptized or not. And so today she just said, I, I just want to be baptized to, to know for sure I've obeyed him in this way. I have put my trust in Jesus' finished work on the cross and in his resurrection from the dead. His words, the Bible, uh, and, and his words, the Bible, to save me from my wicked self and eternal punishment so that I can now live eternally with him. Jesus is my hope in this life and the next. Apart from him, I can do nothing, and without his love, I am nothing. He is everything. Man, yes. That's what we were saying just a second ago. You captured it so well. Then she put down two verses. Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace... You have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Amen. Praise the Lord for his grace and his work in your life, Jana. Go ahead and turn and, and have a seat here. Okay, and slide forward a little bit toward the cross. Good. I'll just ask you the question one more time. Jana, have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? I have, and he is. Amen, amen. Okay, on the basis of your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. All right, praise God. Javi is going to be first today, and Braden, her dad, you got it? Man, oh yeah. Perfect. Okay. So Tavi's got some words that she wants to share with you. Here, stand up and face the people real quick, Tavi, before you sit down. And I'll hold the mic. You want to hold that? Oh, yeah, you got it. Okay, Tavi's going to read for you. I asked Jesus to be my Savior when I was six years old. I want to be baptized because I want to show everyone that I belong to Jesus. I love him, and I want to live for him. Romans 6, 4-5 says, For we died and we were buried with Christ Jesus by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live in new lives since we have been united with him in his death. We also also be raised to life as he was. Amen. What a great testimony, Tavi. Thank you for sharing what a special thing. Well, it's a, it's a privilege to have Braden here, your dad as well. And uh, Tavi, I just want to ask you one question before we baptize you. This is a question I already asked you, but I'm just going to ask it one more time, okay? 
So, Tavi, have you trusted Jesus as your Savior, your Lord, and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes. Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death and raised to new life in him. All right. <laughs> this is Bella Sullivan, and she's got some words that she wants to share with you today. How you doing, Bella? Uh, good. Should I read them? Yeah, I'll hold the mic and you just read them to him. Baptized today to tell everyone that that I trust in Jesus. My sin had me separated from God, but He made it possible for me to be restored uh, restored to Him forever by sending His Son Jesus to die on the cross and pay my debt. I have trusted in Jesus to forgive my sins and give me eternal life. He saved me. Amen. And then go ahead and read that verse, yeah. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Bella, we're excited to see the Lord bring salvation to you and grow you up in Him. And this is a step of obedience. I'm proud of you. So proud of uh, your dad for being here too. Why don't you turn and have a seat? And I'll ask the, uh, the question again. Just slide forward just a little bit. This way? Okay, good. So, Bella, have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord, and Savior, and treasure? Is He your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes. Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in His death, and raised to new life in Him. Yeah. Good job. Good job. This is Amanda Martin, and uh, her dad, Kelsey, is going to help me out here today. Amanda's got some words that she wants to share with you. All right, there you go. I am getting baptized today because God has chosen to love me even through my darkest times. I believe he sent his son, Jesus, to save me from my sins and give me forgiveness through his sacrifice on the cross. He has loved me and restored me to life, and he is my Savior and Lord. I have turned from sin and am trusting in Jesus each day and seeking to obey him and walk with him. This first captures the desire of my heart. Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Amen. Good word. Okay. It's wonderful to see how the Lord's been working in your life. And uh, Amanda was telling me, it was just a handful of sermons ago, that God just really got a hold of her and uh, stirred her heart and uh, put, a, put in her a desire to be baptized. And so I'm proud of you for following through with that. And uh, I'll ask you this question again. Amanda, have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord, Savior, and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father. Go ahead and help me out here, Kelsey. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death and raised to new life in him. Yeah. Good. This is Taylor Olson, and uh, God's been doing some great work in his heart. He's got some words he wants to share with you. And uh, thanks for being up here, Mom. Thank you. 
That's awesome. Very good. So turn and face these folks, and just uh, I'll hold the mic for you. I'm getting baptized today because I want to show my commitment to God. I am a sinner, and I know there is no way I could save myself still. God loved me and sent his son Jesus to pay for my sins by dying on the cross. I have turned away from a life of sin and turned to Jesus as my Savior. He has saved me and given me life forever, and I want everyone to know. Pastor Jeremy once said that a wedding ring isn't what makes you married, but it does tell everyone that you are married. Like a wedding ring, my baptism today is my message to everyone that God saved me through Jesus, and I want to live for him. And then Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us. In, a while, in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing, brother. Okay. Go ahead and have a seat, Taylor. All right. And then slide forward a little bit. Okay. So, Taylor, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord, Savior, and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes. Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. All right, man. That's good. Seth, you ready, man? Come on, my brother. I'm so excited to have been able to share just this week with Seth, and uh, man, we are witnessing God's power at work. So here, why don't you turn, and I'll hold the mic. You can just share with the folks what you got. I want to be baptized here today because as of Tuesday this week, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe Christ Jesus died for me. He saved me from my sin. Without Christ Jesus, I will fall and burn. My heart is full of love for Jesus Christ because he has saved me from my eternal damnation and given me a gift in which I do not deserve, eternal life. And I'll read from Revelation 17, 14. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. That was a special, uh, special chance on Tuesday, man. I'm so excited. When, when God saves somebody, the angels rejoice, okay? So I, well, there was a, a party that broke out in heaven on Tuesday, and they're still celebrating today, I would imagine. So why don't you have a seat, Seth? Okay. Seth, have you trusted Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord, Savior, and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Okay. Based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. All right. Yeah. We'll get you a towel. Okay, Miriam. Seth's wife, Miriam, is going to come and be baptized as well. Seth, you can stand out here if you want and just, just be able to watch and encourage her. This is such a special thing, what God is doing in, in the Marker family, and uh, we are celebrating with them his, his wonderful work. So, Miriam, here's what you've got to share, and I'll hold the mic for you. Okay. Um, 
I want to be baptized here today because on July 5th of this year, I received Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Jesus loves me so much that he died for my sins, even though I'm not worthy of such a gift. I was so lost for so long, but eternal life with, this, with the Lord is what I have and where I belong. I want to show appreciation to him and bring myself and my family closer to the Lord. Um, uh, Psalms 91, 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Amen. Amen. Great job. Thank you for sharing, Miriam. Okay. Would you turn and have a seat? Seth, you want to help me out? Okay. Well, let me ask you that question first, okay? Miriam, have you trusted Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Okay. Based upon your profession of faith, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. All right. Praise God.